Have you ever wondered how a coach decides to become a weight loss coach? Well, I have a fabulous guest and dear friend on the podcast today. She's going to be talking about how she came up with her niche and her name is Molly Zemek. Stay tuned and listen in. I know that you will love this. Welcome to the Niche Podcast, where we talk about everything related to your niche. It's all about your niche, your mindset, and having a business you love. I'm your host, mental health expert, Veronique Valencourt. Hello, my friends. I am so excited for you guys to be here today. I have a dear friend and life coach, Molly Zemek. Here she is also a, I'm going to try to get all the things that she does. She is also a coach for the Life Coach School. She's a weight loss coach for food lovers. She has a podcast that is called, Molly, tell me what it's called. Weight Loss for Food Lovers. Weight Loss for Food Lovers. And she is just extraordinary. And so she's here today to talk with me about her niche. And so welcome, Molly. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Super fun to be here. I know. Absolutely. Molly and I go way back. We trained as life coaches together and we have been in each other's orbit ever since then. Molly has a fabulous podcast that if you are a food lover, and even if you're not, and if you're interested in weight loss, you need to go check it out. Today, we are going to be asking her and picking her brain about all the things related to niche. And so, Tell me, Molly, first of all, just what is your niche? I know we just said what it was, but why don't you give me some background of who are the people you work with and how you work with them? So I help food and wine lovers lose weight. I help them completely change their relationship with food and wine. I'm a former chef and certified sommelier. And I really spent some time thinking about my own transformation and information that I thought would be really valuable for people like me to understand in order to completely solve the habit of overeating and overdrinking. That's really what informed my decision to help the people that I help is just thinking about my own personal experience and the lack of information out there, right? I mean, most of the information out there is related to following traditional diets, which I had tried. I had tried sort of all the diets and it just didn't work. It didn't work for me because I believe that I just loved food too much. Got it. Yeah. And so life coaching completely changed that. And once I started to understand my own authority and my own agency to have more control around food and wine, then I just thought, you know what? Other people need to know this. And I want to help people just like me achieve these same results. So when you decided to become a life coach, did you just know right out of the gate that was what you were going to do? What was sort of the process of you choosing a niche? Did you circle around that for a while? What led you to get to this point? You said a little bit about that. Yeah, that's interesting because when I was going through my own journey of losing weight, the coach that I was working with had this premise that food needed to be boring. Mm -hmm. So she said, you just have to get to this place where, you know, food isn't interesting anymore. Food is just not a focus. 
And I just grappled with that because I thought, no, that's just not me. I mean, I've been a food lover my whole life. Come from an Italian family. What we talk about food, food is life, right? That was just such a big part of my identity. And so I really wrestled with like, do I need to like sort of drop that identity? Do I need to be a different person and just not like food anymore? And I thought, you know, maybe it's possible that you can do both. Maybe it's possible that you can apply these tools, but you don't necessarily have to give up the love of food. You don't have to make food boring. I sort of tailored my coach's approach to my life. And I said, how can I make this work for me? Because if I'm going to do this the rest of my life, like I'm just not willing to give up my love of food. Like that was sort of a, a boundary I had. Yeah. And so I said, how can I make this work? And I sort of figured out my own variation on what I had learned. And I thought, yeah, this is something here that I can offer to other food lovers. And so it wasn't a process of questioning. It was both like, I really think what I learned and what I kind of developed based on the tools of life coaching could be applicable to other people who are not ready to make food boring. Got it. But then there was some doubt. Like, I didn't know if it would work. I didn't know if other people would resonate with it, but I just started to just trust my instincts more and more. And I said, you know what? There's only one way to figure this out. Like, let's just trust that this could be a thing. It was a thing for me. Let's just see. And so I just decided, I said, we're going to go all in on this idea for a year. And then you also had had the experience of being a chef and being a sommelier. And so obviously, if you look at sort of your journey and what you had been doing up until then, it made a lot of sense to do that because you had all this experience. You were a food lover. You are a food lover. You are a wine lover. And so it's like you took these two items that sort of seemed at the time incompatible based on the coaching you'd been getting, right? Right. And I'm familiar with the weight loss coaching you're talking about where they talk about, well, you have to just get to a point where food is like, just like sawdust. Like you just don't think about it. And sawdust bars, I think, is the expression that she used. And so it, this is fascinating because one of the things I talk about with my niching clients all the time is take the things that you already know, that you're already passionate about, that you already love, and use those to create a niche. Because as you said, you're going to be spending a lot of time working on this. You're going to be spending a lot of time like really imbued in this, you have to sort of believe the premises and you have to be interested and want to learn more about it. So I love that. So just out of curiosity, this is a little off topic. Like, so what are some of the things like that you have altered in terms of how you work with your clients compared to sort of a traditional approach of weight loss and life coaching management? So one of the things that's different is that we intentionally plan food that we love, and then we practice eating it in a very conscious way. And through that process, it's about actually enhancing pleasure in eating instead of trying to minimize it. So it's like, how can we bring more pleasure with less food, which this is what I discovered, which I thought was a miracle. I'm like, I just had no idea you could actually experience more pleasure in food and not have to eat as much. Because my belief used to be, oh, just more is better. I just need more. Like I need more to really feel satisfied. I need more for it to really be pleasurable. But as I was losing weight, I had to play with that thought and see if, well, maybe I can love it in other ways. Maybe there are other parts that I can love about food that don't always involve consuming more. And so that's like almost sort of the pinnacle part of the course that I offer people is how to create that through deliberately practicing. 
And so I think that's a big thing that differentiates what I do from the idea of just making food boring. Got it. I love it. So for you, it sounds like it was a very straightforward process in terms of you and I were training at the same time. So we were in life coach school together. Did it just sort of come upon you? Well, this is obviously what I'm going to do. Or how did like, how did it sort of circle around? It sounds like there was a premise you didn't agree with in the training or? Well, here's the thing. Here's an interesting part about it. I initially thought I want to help male executives who want to lose weight because before I became a life coach, part of my chef work was working as a private chef. And I worked for a lot of male executives who really loved food. And I thought, well, all of these people that I worked for, they loved food, but they also really struggled with overeating. And so I kind of identified a population But as I was marketing and sort of building up that business, I was getting a lot of people who were resonating with my story as a food lover and a wine lover. And the people who were coming to me were saying, I'm just like you. And it wasn't just male executives. And I thought, you know what? Maybe I need to kind of broaden this a little bit because what I'm noticing is that this is really about food lovers and wine lovers. And so it was sort of, then it became very clear. So it wasn't like, okay, yes, I knew exactly what it was from the very beginning. It was like I had a general idea and then it was sort of refined as I started doing the marketing and and having sort of people come to me on consultations. One of the ways that I talk to my clients about thinking about their niche is I live in analogies all the time. It's almost like having a fishing pole in a lure. You can set, stare at the lure. You can make it perfect. You can think about it. You can obsess about it. But it's not until you put it in lake, ocean, body of water, and you see who nibbles at it that you can figure out Mm -hmm. if it's going to work. And it sounds like for you, you were in action. That's the other piece that I think is so important. You're like, okay, I know that generally this is what I'm interested in. I'm going to start the process of putting stuff out there. You put your lure out there. And what you noticed was that you probably could have niched just to male executives, but there were so many other fish that were interested and so many other fish that were resonating. You're like, well, I can enlarge what I'm going to do a little bit. Mm -hmm. And that's how you figure out who your people are because you get to practice with those people and you get to sort of identify, you know, like who are the fun people to work with for you as a coach and all those things. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So I love that. So it's a, it was a combination of having a general idea, taking action, taking the feedback, right? Mm -hmm. Like seeing what came back, then reassessing. And I think that that's part of the process that sometimes life coaches get really stuck in is they make an assumption that they have to have the perfect answer out of the gate before they put anything out there. Tell me about that a little bit. You did the opposite. You're like, I have a general idea. I'm going to get started. And then you got started and... Yeah, you know, it's funny because there is that period of doubt, which I think is a natural part of building any new business. You don't know how it's going to work out. You don't know what each of the the next steps are going to be. And in my journey, it was like that too in the beginning. I had this intuitive sense of what the right thing to do was based on my own experience and the knowledge that I have. I love what you said, being connected to your transformation and your expertise in this process is such a vital part of it. I think that's more powerful than any marketing is being able to speak the truth from your own journey. That's what people connect with. That's what people trust. And so I had a sense of that, but I still had a lot of uncertainty. And what I see happening with a lot of new coaches is that they just end up 
staying stuck in that uncertainty, that place of fear of not wanting to take a risk. And I just decided at a certain point, I knew that I wanted to build a business. I knew that I was willing to take massive action and to keep going. And so I said, you know, why not just start now? I mean, I'm never going to be entirely sure, like you said, until I start taking action. But there were people who questioned it because it was going against the grain of traditional weight loss. Most people think, well, to lose weight, you, you have to restrict yourself. You have to deprive yourself. Food has to be boring. It was going against the grain. And so there was part of me that thought, well, people are questioning this. People doubt this. And it was feeding some of the doubt I had about whether it would work. I had to just step into that and say, you know what? I'm just going to trust that this is the right thing to do. What I've noticed, because there are a couple of people that I actually coach, I do business coaching with, and these are primarily weight loss coaches. And what I've noticed is that most people have a sense of who they want to help. Most people do know it's just being willing to trust that instinct. It's just being willing to say, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. Like when I talk to people and they're sort of floundering in their niche, they say, well, you know, I think this is who I want to help. It's usually some variation on the experience that they went through and who they are. But they're like, I just don't know. I don't know if there's really a need for this. And it's just about trusting yourself and your own wisdom. And like you said, taking that first step. One thing I say to my niching clients is, you know, listen, niche drama is the first form of brain drama that you will have. After that, you'll have offer drama and you'll have, is the website okay drama? And, oh my God, am I spending too much money on my business drama? Like our brain defaults to wanting to keep us safe. And like I was telling you this morning, I went for a long bike ride and I was a little time constrained. And the whole time I'm on this bike ride, I'm thinking, this is never going to work. I'll never make it. This is going to be horrible. And I was just like, on the one hand, watching myself, and then on the other hand, going, you know, this is what our brain does. Our brain tries to keep us safe from failure, safe from being hurt, safe from anything. And so knowing that your brain is just going to default to drama most of the time, at least half of the time, right? When you're starting a business and when you do have a business, it's just if you sort of tune into it and pay attention to it and really give it any credence. Or if you go, yeah, it's just going to sort of be there. That's okay. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Mm -hmm. And it's actually parallel, I would think, with weight loss, if you think about it, because in the process, when you're trying to lose weight, regardless of if you're, I'll be honest, I love the idea of like savoring and loving your food. I think that that's such a better way to go than restricting and being bored with it. Like it's one of our senses. So I love that you're doing this work and I love that it goes against the grain of what a lot of other people have said, because I think actually that makes your niche more appealing to people who don't resonate with that idea, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And knowing that even when your brain, when you're trying to lose weight and doing all these things, it's going to say, hey, this isn't going to work. Yes. And your job is to be like, listen to your intuition. You know, most of the time your intuition knows if you tune in really, really deeply, but also just saying like, the worst thing that happens is I try full out and I don't make it home in time for my call with Molly. But in this case, I did, right? Like when I was talking about my bike riding. And it's the same thing with anything in life, anything big that we do. So true. So true. It really just always comes down to lack of belief in yourself. And, and the wonderful thing about this conversation is that as coaches, 
when we identify that in ourselves, like let's say we're not fully believing we can create a business on a particular niche, or we're not believing that we're going to have people who are willing to pay, or you know, we have that lack of belief that we can be successful. When we're willing to walk through that, that helps us become more of an expert when we're helping the people that we serve. So in my business, I know that people are going to come to consultations not believing in themselves. That's normal. I mean, people don't believe it's possible until they're actually able to achieve it. And so the fact that I've walked through that, not just in weight loss and achieving my own success of losing weight, but also because of my business and what I've been able to create with that, I'm able to show up in confidence and certainty when somebody comes to a consultation. And what I tell people is that, listen, I know you don't believe in yourself because I'll tell you the big question I always get from people is, do you really think it's possible? Right. Do you really think I can do this? It's the same, right? Whether it's weight loss, whether it's building your business, whether it's like, this is the right niche, it's that same lack of belief. And so I know people are going to come to the call with that lack of belief. And the way that I always answer it is, I know 100% it's possible for you because I was able to do it. I have people of all walks of life who show up who don't think they can do it. They achieve huge success. I have 100% you can do it. And I totally get that you don't have that belief yet. But I am going to hold that belief for you as long as it takes for you to build it up. And that is what we offer as coaches to people is the chance to start building your belief. Yep, absolutely. And you build it by first starting to believe and commit to yourself, like with the niche. Okay, I'm just going to try this. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know every single step. I'm just going to take the first step and we're going to try. We're going to commit. And then you start building up confidence. And then your belief gets stronger. That is always a process for anything. And that's what we do as coaches. That's what I do as a therapist. It's what we do as parents. People come to us and say, is it really going to be okay? And our job is to say, yeah, it is. You can do this. I absolutely believe that it's possible. It's like believing for them, holding that space for them that, yes, you can do that. I know that you can. When your brain everybody's brain defaults internally to it's not going to work. It's never going to work. It's not possible. This is no good. Da, 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 da. So that's why coaching is to me so powerful, regardless of what area you coach and what your niche specifically is, because what you're doing is you're holding up belief basically for your clients. You're believing in them oftentimes before they are able to believe in themselves. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So as we're wrapping up, any advice for life coaches who are starting out and trying to decide on a niche? My first suggestion is to tap into your inner wisdom and ask yourself, why am I the perfect person to help somebody? What is the unique wisdom that I have to offer based on my journey and my transformation? Why do I think life coaching is so valuable? How can this help somebody? Ask some of those general questions and see what answers come up. I think when you become clear on how you can help and what type of people you think would most benefit from your help, it will help you refine that group. 
sometimes people just know, okay, I want to help yoga instructors who are just starting out or whatever, right? I want to help um, physicians who are dealing with burnout. I mean, there are people who just kind of know based on their experience, but there are other people who are like people who just spin and spin. And those are really like the clients that I end up seeing is they, they come in and it's just that self-doubt is louder than that sometimes that internal intuition. Yeah. And then my suggestion after that is be willing to just make a decision and support yourself in that. And what I like to tell people is tell yourself that it's possible this is the right decision for now. Mm, I love that. And you can even give yourself a timeline. You know what? I'm going to try this for a year. And this is just going to be the decision. I'm going to support myself in that decision. Maybe it's less time depending on on what you decide, but be willing to give it a chance before you decide if it's right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. I always talk to my clients about like, we look at what's behind you, what you've done so far. We look at like what's internally inside you that you can offer. And we look at what you would like in the future. Yes. And then we try to weave those things all together. Mm, That's so good regardless of if you feel like it or not, like you commit and there'll be a moment where you feel super excited and that's sort of your higher intuitive self. Then there'll be this huge dread and your brain freaking out. And that's totally brain drama and niche drama are totally normative. Right. And I have yet to meet a coach who didn't have a little bit of, you know, niche drama, but if it's not niche drama, then it's just brain drama. And that's our brain keeping us safe. Yeah, nothing's gone wrong, right? Nothing has gone wrong. Exactly. Well, this has just been an absolute pleasure. I mentioned at the beginning where people can find you, but why don't you get more specific and give them details and tell them what you were up to specifically? So people can find me at mollyzemic.com. So M-O-L-L-Y-Z as in zebra, E-M as in Mary, E-K. So first and last name.com. I have a 12-week online course that opens up three times a year. It's called Weight Loss for Food Lovers. That includes group coaching and sort of my entire curriculum for how to lose weight and still love food at the same time. And then I also do private coaching which is the full course. But then I also have one-on-one sessions with clients every week as part of the course. So those are the two things that I sort of offer. But then I also have my podcast, which is called Weight Loss for Food Lovers. Which is so good, by the way. (laughs) So good. Thank you. And so that's, you can find that on iTunes, Spotify, on my website, I have a podcast page. So that also gets more into kind of my background and my philosophy on weight loss. So that's all the things. Got it. Well, thank you for coming and hopping on this call with me today. Thank you so much for having me. It was just fun to talk about this. I know. I know. Well, thank you so much. And to my listeners, if you have found this helpful and you want to learn more about how to dial your niche, go check out my course, Dial Your Niche in Five Hours. It has all this goodness and more. And you can catch me there. Have a great one, my friends. Bye.